I'm not as for the water. Wait, is this thing recording? Is it on? Yep, it's on. Oh. Michelle's going to be like, okay, girl, go ahead and start. <laughs> hey, y'all, welcome to episode two of season two of Before Nine, the podcast. It's your girl, Ash. And it's Michonne. I'm still trying to think of what was that creative, very funny oh, title God. that I was going to say. It was going to be really, <laughs> we really in a whole good. new episode. He still don't remember, y'all. I just don't remember. I'm too young for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. It'll come back to me, though. So, well, welcome. We're back. And Ashley has some things <laughs> Sean is making me talk about it. I mentioned I, I mentioned this you do nothing you be don't twisting you, my you be twisting you, my arm to be talking about stuff me, that make me uncomfortable ma'am hmm. this was your idea you it wasn't did, my idea I well just, kind just, of it was your I, idea it came up in conversation and, and you then said I think I want to talk about uh, this you, well it, so either then, I said that or you were like oh we, we should talk about mm-mm. this what and I, I was like was, okay Michelle. we were going to talk about what that girl that gospel singer has said and you was <laughs> like oh this looks perfect this works perfectly with what I was going to talk about you nervous now because your mama been listening no. and you, you think she's not going to listen I think she's just scared <laughs> you think you're going to get in trouble Amanda going to make her listen she bite Amanda going to be like mom you got to hear this <laughs> so this this topic came up in conversation because um Mashan and I, you know, we talk every day. Mm-hmm. And um I was telling him that I'm on a fast. You know, it's the beginning of the year. It's January, the end of January, um when we're recording this. But um a lot of folks do all kinds of fasts. Uh, most popularly the Daniel fast is beginning of the year, but I didn't adapt it one um, for personal reasons. And I also <clears throat> big gulp. Um, <laughs> She's so nervous. I also decided or felt like uh, God was nudging me to take a fast from self gratification. Dun dun dun. Mm. Um, <laughs> and um, at the time, you know, I was pouring my heart out to Bashad, and I was like, Bashad, it's been hard. And he was like, It's been hard. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, You insensitive did, jerk. <laughs> I did say that. I did say that. And that was insensitive. It, uh, was. it was hilarious, sorry. though. So it was perfect. And then I said something else, and he was like, Oh, really? Um, I can be inappropriate sometimes, it, but it's it's why I love you. But it's just partially. it's just what we do. So partially, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean partially? Why I partially love you? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I wholly love you. I'm about to say because <laughs> so, when you find a husband, he he go between me and them other ones of yours. He gonna have to. He's gonna have to be a special man because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we don't play. Yeah, we don't. Mm. Nobody plays in my life. Um, so Ashley is on a self-gratification fast. Yes. I felt like the Lord was like, chill out, sis. She's um, also doing no wine, no sex, no meat, no... Cheese, which is a big part of my life. Mostly no dairy. I have been having like heavy whipping cream in my coffee, but pretty much no dairy, um, no bread. I had to push that one all the way back. What? You had to push what back? Cause you said heavy cream. 
<laughs> See, my head didn't even go I there. Pushed it back. I pushed <laughs> but it you, back. But then you brought it back no, up. No, but what I was gonna say, I pushed back. I pushed it back. <laughs> anyway, that also tied into something that Mashana and I wanted to talk to yes. last season. Yes, which was um, Erica Campbell mm-hmm. and her remarks about self gratification and to not cheapen it. And to not cheapen it, it being that masturbation sex. is not pure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, Erica was promoting her new book, More Than Pretty, and was on the Breakfast Club to discuss the book. Um, which reports have said the book is about being beautiful on the inside. And at some point in that conversation, the topic of masturbation, I don't know how it came up because I didn't watch. That's probably the what they just pulled up. Like yeah. that was the most, you know, yeah, salacious. <clears throat> but I also know, you know, there have been rumors in the past of issues that she's had in her marriage. Um, and I've heard um, that um, there was a period of time of like an issue of her husband masturbating. I don't know if that's true. It's just something I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just find it interesting that she went on this I'm not gonna call it a rave or a rant. I don't think it was. Because I, I read the transcript. I don't think it was. Yeah. It but. was just it was in I think I think it's just another thing in the whole like, is masturbation a sin? Like mm-hmm. I think that's the underlying thing. And when I decided to do this fast, like I'm a Googler. I feel like I said that last season. I Google everything. She Googles everything. And um <clears throat> That's why they call it scoop. Scoop, 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 that's what they call me. Um and as you know, many of you know, and many of you may not know, there's no scripture in the Bible that's like, you shouldn't masturbate. Mm. And so I think that's interesting in a lot of ways. And this could go in a completely different direction, like it, a completely theologian, theological um, direction. But I got too much wine in my system. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, I need to talk about it. Then. Um but there's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of shame. Right. There's a lot of confusion. Right. Um, because there's nothing that says don't kill. Right. Don't cheat on your wife. Don't, you know, all of these things that the Bible says don't do, you can do. Masturbation is. Don't touch yourself. Is not there. Um, I'm not afraid at all to touch <laughs> myself. It's all right. Okay. What is that? Is that a song? Uh-huh. Who sings that? T-Boss. <laughs> <laughs> it was just her? Was it? I want to say it was just her. I could okay. be wrong, but I remember that song. Yeah, mm. came out when I was young. Um, that makes me think about uh, oops. And when we just we, when everybody figured out like, oh my god, what did tweets talk about masturbation? Oh my god, like, ooh, how scandalous! Mm. Girl, get your life. <laughs> yeah. So I, but the reason why I did it is I felt like, which I didn't know exactly why. I why I felt like I was like oh just just chill like you're on a mm, fast like mm. just chill out I felt like it was about self control mm, okay so that's why I did it um, and going back to Erica I think people probably weren't receptive to her partially and I know me reading it I was like girl you've been married yep. for a long time yep. you have like I think she has three kids. Um, and I'm like, I'm me. Ashley mm-hmm. is 32, single, been single. I'm a woman in these, you know, I'm at my sexual peak scientifically. Yeah. So it's just like, and I, I'm not just gonna have sex with anybody. Right. 
we're not doing that. We're not doing that. That's not what the Lord has called for. I mean, um, you know, I don't, I don't knock anyone who has casual sex because I no. think casual sex is healthy as long as it's done responsibly. Um, I think but, it depends on the person. Yeah, but if if you're in a space where you're saying these are the things that I want for myself moving forward and these are the things that I don't want to do for my own personal, emotional, mental, and physical well-being, then I get it. Um, I think what bothers me on this topic, because <clears throat> I know at one point in the conversation, Miss um, Erica Campbell, and don't get me wrong, no disrespect, Erica, some of your music I really enjoy. And I think you're a very beautiful woman. What are you about to say? Um, I just disagree with her. Um, and I disagree with her on many different levels. Um, and what what initially bothered me more than anything was the statement that she made where she was like, I'm not trying to judge anybody. And I was like, but it sounds judgy. And it feels judgy. Um, and for people who you know, are listening to her to a certain extent who may already be dealing with different levels of shame because they are not allowed the opportunity to have these conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Um, for her to take the stance that she did, it just was a little unnerving for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> because church folk like to do that. Like, church folk love to try to shame people into being the way in which they think they should be versus letting people be authentically themselves. Um, and providing guidance and information and education in a way that it is emp- empowering versus um, stifling mm-hmm. and controlling. And so in some ways, I felt like that whole conversation was just, there's so many other things we can be talking about right now. And if we're going to have this conversation, there's so many ways in which we can be having this conversation in a different kind of way that can be empowering for the people listening to mm-hmm. you. Um, so I agree. And to kind of back you up too, like there's so many things once again, that the Bible, like if you know, she's a gospel artist mm-hmm. and I think she's a minister as well. She's a co-pastor with her husband. Um, and there's so many things that the Bible is very clear about, mm-hmm. but it's like, why go out of your way to mm-hmm. have a, a clear, what you feel like is a clear word or whatever mm-hmm. on this, issue mm-hmm. that's not addressed right and and like you said further push people into shame yeah. further confuse people like why why yeah. that yeah of all things yeah it was a little frustrating to me um but i constantly find myself frustrated with people in the church so huh. so how has this fast been for you and have you had any revelations are you receiving any level of clarity that you didn't feel you were yeah, getting before. so so yes Part I kind of touched on it was um, having more Mm self-control and then also um, shielding myself. Like I never kind of purposefully shielded myself from anything, not anything, but as far as sex is concerned. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's something as simple as not being on Instagram as much because Instagram will have... (laughs) I'm gonna sound I'm gonna sound like an old church mother, but Instagram will have you lusting, child. You be on Instagram, uh, lusty Lanisha <laughs> scrolling through. Lusty Lanisha, <laughs> lusty Leanne, lusty Leah. Like who choose your pick? Lusty whoever, Lanithia. <laughs> you got to it. I was waiting. I was waiting for Lanithia. I was waiting for Lanithia. Uh, 
Leslie. You how these people coming after us. <laughs> All these girls with these L names, they're going to be like, don't listen to them before I die because they call us lusty. Um, but, you know, it's it, it, it there are side effects in it's some fine men on Instagram, just like it's some fine women. And I think one thing that Instagram has done has leveled the playing field. Like we used to, at least I used to think, and I feel like a lot of people used to think like, oh, men are horn dogs and, you know, they only think about sex and it's all about the visuals. But Instagram to me has leveled the playing field because you see women being just as thirsty mm-hmm. as men mm-hmm. are and what we thought men only did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and it's hard. Like it's it's a lot of good looking dudes on Instagram. You could choose your pick. You can find whatever your type is, hmm. and he'll have his shirt off and a dick print. And next thing you know, your ass is horny and scrolling through his house <laughs> and scrolling right and, and falling see, in love. Trying to see how many more eggplant prints. He Hello, got. slide in his DMs. Hmm. So That's because y'all fast. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like women are just as fast as men. Hmm. Um. So anyway, because I decided to do the fast, mm-hmm. I had to guard my eyes. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the Bible talks about guarding yourself from certain things. So it just it it was um it was interesting because I never did that mm-hmm. like on purpose. Mm-hmm. I never was like, let me not get on Instagram. Let me let me not get. I'm not gonna go to Michael's page today because you know. Oh, <laughs> I'm not gonna go on uh, Shea Moisture's men's page because there's some good looking dudes on there. So, yeah, um, child, I see my type all up and down that feed. Mm. It might be like one out of every twenty pictures. It might be like hmm. <laughs> maybe You're cute, but mm-mm. no. Well, you know the beard is the first step for me, so. But most don't be so skinny, but you like them a little. I don't like skinny. Skinny, you have like, your skinny is not probably most people's skinny. That might be true. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all had seen your the face I like just thick. gave, Mm-mm. like slim thick. Mm-mm. That's what that's what your spectrum skinny. starts. No, my skinny starts at skinny. I don't know about that, Michelle. And it leads up to Slim Thick. My husband's Slim Thick. He is. So how can I be like, uh, no to Slim Thick? I married that because I like the way it look. <laughs> 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 that's what I'm talking about. Lesson, but that's your husband. But so I'm, I'm married. And I'm not, which is why I was like, let me get some self-control. I get it. So I that's what I learned. It. Well, Good. So it was what thirty days? Twenty one. Twenty one days. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm all for you bettering yourself um, and doing whatever it is that you need um, to get clearer about where you're going. I will also be glad when this is over, so I can have a glass of wine with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm being supportive. Thank you. As supportive as I can be, while I'm still drinking wine in front of you, and that's okay. Um. But no, on a serious tip, I, I, you know, I think it's cool. You know, do what you got to do for yourself. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what revelations you have when it's over. It and ended this morning. So there's that. <laughs> it, it is over. So maybe that's why I'm having all these revelations. It would also be interesting to see what stays hmm. post the first. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm curious about that too. I've been thinking about that today. Really interesting to see what what stays Mm. post this moment. Well, cool. 
we may have to revisit this <laughs> in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Halfway through the season. If ever we decide in. how many episodes we're going to do this season. But that's a whole other topic. So we're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Trigger warning. The topic in this next segment could cause you some form of emotional distress. So we're back. Trying to think how I want to enter into this. So as many of you know, um, season one, episode one, we did nine questions. And Ashley asked me if I had ever had sex outside. Um, Mm -hmm. And child, when her mama heard that. (laughs) We've talked about it before, but mm, she was not pleased. (laughs) She wasn't. And many people weren't. Um, (laughs) I got a lot of text messages after that. Um, from a lot of people who were just, for the most part, just surprised. Like, and I get it. To a certain extent, I present a certain way about myself, um, and so I understood why some people had the reaction to it that they did. But I also was like, we've all been young at some point in our lives uh-huh. and done things that um, we wouldn't do now. Maybe some people would probably still do those things that they did mm-hmm. when they were young. Um, so I wanted to have the conversation, I guess, full disclosure moment, um, because I wanted to put it in context. And I know that maybe it's not necessary to put it in context, but I still wanted to nonetheless, um, because people were having a very real reaction to it. Um, so the moment that I spoke of uh, of having sex outside on the playground, I think it was the playground part. I think that's what people were like. <laughs> on the playground. On the <laughs> right. playground. You know, playground. I'm trying to bring it back all the old stuff. Hey, isn't my spirit? I'm getting old, I guess. Because mm-hmm, um, I don't even know what that song was. It's the second one of the episode. You, you never heard the playground by ABC? Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. We're going to make you listen. Mm-hmm. Okay. You we'll listen after this. Listen. Okay. That works. But, um... It was with someone that I was dating at the time, and I have spoken of this person before. Um, this person really caused me to really get out of my comfort zone in a lot of ways when we were together. We were together off and on for about four years. But <clears throat> prior to this person, um, I had been sexually assaulted. I had been raped twice. Um, by a guy that I thought I was interested in, um, who I later found out was about 12 years older than me. So I was 16 and he was 28. Um, I still remember his name. I still remember his voice. Um, when I was about 16 years old, I met this guy on a phone chat line called the man line. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, wow. and people are going to, there are a few people I, I, I know already that when they hear me talk about man line, they're going to cackle because they were also on the man line, mm-hmm. but the man line was this, um, I mean, you know, it was my generation's tender, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would sit on phone lines for hours, um, just listening to people's recorded ads 
talk about themselves and send messages back and forth. And at some point you could um, call in live with that person. You could do a live chat with that person through the phone system. Um, (laughs) And when it will happen, it would be like, get ready. You're about to have a live conversation with, and it will say the person's name. Um, And so I was on the man line for, a good chunk of time at that period in my life. Like it was just the way that we met. I was still for the most part, sort of in the closet. And so it was the way that you met people. Um, I was too young to go out to like a club. Mm-hmm. So I would be on the man line. I got my own phone line at my parents' house and I would sit on the couch and just be on man line for hours, just all night. That's incredible. All like night. Like just the visual of that and how, I, that and wasn't I st- that long ago. I it would like, lay wow. on my stomach on the couch with the phone, just going through the ads. And um, I met this guy. We'll call him D um, on Man Line. And um, D and I were supposed to meet up at one point um, in underground Atlanta. He never showed. And so I stopped communicating with him, and I started dating another friend of mine. Um, and then me and that guy started having issues and I reconnected with D and I went and met up with D one day. He used to live over by Piedmont Park. I still remember the house he was renting a room in. Um, and so one night we were hanging out. He sexually assaulted me. He raped me. And it was a, it was a, I don't know if I, I knew what it was, but didn't know what it was. Um, because I thought we were dating um but i knew the moment in which he was ready to be intimate and i wasn't and i knew the moment into which i was like okay let's not do this and he didn't stop um but also being young and unsure um i didn't end communication with him i took a break but i didn't end communication with him and it happened again and when it happened the second time I knew it was time to end communication with him. Um, but what it did was it then opened me up um, in a different kind of way, emotionally and sexually. It, the experience like opened a portal, if you will, to being more sexually expressive and more sexually experimental. Um, which led to moments like some years later when I was with my ex, Tony. When Tony wanted to, wherever we was, we did. Um, we had a lot of sex. We had a lot of sex in public. I remember having sex with him in um, the bathroom of a, like a Hobby Lobby. Um and it was mostly because I felt as though it was my responsibility. Like being in this relationship, when this person I was with wanted sex, it was my responsibility to, to give it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was transactional. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one night we were driving around to cater and he wanted to, and he pulled over behind this elementary school and we did. Um, and there were a few more times after that um, there was one time in the drive-in. 
he liked having sex in public. Um, but yeah, um, I was about to go down a, <laughs> a rabbit hole. Um, but I wanted to put that in context. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I have had sex outside before. Um, it was something I did as I was trying to navigate through what it meant to be a sexual individual um, who did not until several years later come to grips with and was able to verbalize that I had been sexually assaulted and that I had been twice. So, yeah. Did, while you were in the relationship with your boyfriend, did you realize that the sex was transactional and that you were, you know, did you, did you feel some type of way? Did you feel some type of way about having sex in public? Were you comfortable with it? And then did you realize while you were in it, like, okay, I'm doing this out of like, I feel like I have to. Out of obligation. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that I was doing anything out of obligation at the time. Um, it just was what it was. Um, I think what it caused. And I, so to answer your, your second question, I did not know I was doing it out of obligation. I think you also asked, did I want to? Were you comfortable Mm -mm. having sex outside? I was not. Or in public? I was not comfortable with having sex in public, but I was was making myself comfortable with being intimate with my partner Mm -hmm. um, because I felt as though it was an obligation. I did not realize until much, much, much later that that is what I was doing um, when I dated someone who I won't name, who their sexual expression made me feel out of control. Like it felt like every time they attempted to have sex with me, it was them asserting control. And I did not like that. Um, And it helped me to have the revelation that for me, sex was obligatory. Um, It took me some years to do that work um, but then after this person, I was single for like another seven or eight years. And in that period of time, I really started taking inventory of a lot of things um, and the sexual assault, as well as I was molested um, when I was much younger uh, by three different people. Um, I started doing work around all of that. So the point now to, I mean, people who have been sexually assaulted never heal from it. Um, I do forget that I had those experiences periodically um, and something will happen or someone will say something not like I'll be in the act of sex and then I have a flashback nothing like that but like I hear a story or like when the um, Surviving R. Kelly first part documentary came out um, and you and I talked about this yeah. like for days I was in this emotional funk and had the revelation that it was bringing up my old stuff. Um, so I sometimes forget, I sometimes forget that I went through that experience. I um, mean, then it comes back for me and I have this moment of look what I've overcome. Um, but I'm, you know, I think a pretty decent put together individual who had these experiences and was able to work through them um, to a certain extent. Um, But I also want to talk about it because men and sexual assault is not really a topic that most, that we hear about. Mm -hmm. Um, Whenever we hear about 
sexual assault victims, they're usually women. Um, They're usually women of a certain age, a certain socioeconomic background, um, sometimes even of a certain race. Um, But there are men, same gender loving and straight, um, black and white, who have been victims of sexual assault um, and sometimes have some of the very same, very real um, reactions to it that anybody who has been violated may have. I was talking to a friend of ours after, um, a friend of my husband and I's after the um, Survivor R. Kelly documentary came out and this person was just adamant that like they were never gonna stop listening to R. Kelly music um, because they wanted to separate the musician from the, the, the abuser. And I remember saying I needed a moment to take a break from my relationship or my friendship with that person because I, I, I had been a victim. Um, and it was funny to hear, to sort of experience his reaction to it um, because he was just like, it was almost unbelievable mm-hmm. for him. And I was like, yeah, I've been sexually assaulted. I was sexually assaulted several times. Um, I know I'm pretty well adjusted, but that also just goes to show that you don't know who has been victimized in yeah. whatever way. You don't know what kind of trauma anybody has experienced in their past. And so we think, I think sometimes we just have to be conscious or at least try to be conscious of the things we do and say um, in certain spaces. Like, you know, if you want to keep listening to that person's music, by all means, have at it. Do I think you're being slightly insensitive and a jerk about it? Yeah, but you still have your right to listen to that music. But be mindful of the ways in which you are hurting other people um, by the choices that you are making. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to lift that up um, in a responsible manner. Um, to one, like I said, give some context, but two, I'm just sort of just bring it into the room. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thank you. No problem. Any thoughts? Any other questions? No. Oh, heart and minds are clear. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so are we ending this? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Ooh, we ended that on a real deep and heavy note. <laughs> so heavy, right, that is it with the people. You got so heavy on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heavy, heavy. <laughs> um, so in keeping with our what are we calling this? Is this like I don't know. Our, our quotes yeah like i don't i feel like we, we just call it a quote it. but maybe we'll have to think of a name we'll have to think of something um but i have a really good one um i have several really good ones i'm really proud of myself for the work i've invested in these quotes. <laughs> you love them so much <laughs> i do because they're so much fun um but anyway on a serious note um and the immortal words uh Ashley's looking at me like, what is he about? <laughs> In the immortal words of Theodore Roosevelt and Dwayne Michael Carter Jr. Okay. Believe you can and you're almost there. So shut the F up <laughs> and let me make it. <laughs> Louise, baby. I know Dwayne Carter. Hey. <laughs> Who's that last part? So shut the F up. So and shut the F up and let me make it. <laughs> 
What song is that from? I don't know. <laughs> 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 Bye, y'all. Bye.